The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Moving on. So, we got to talk about my Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> hey, baby, you're in trouble. Hey, uh, what'd you do? Something's up. So they get caught in this four-team trade that got certified by the league yesterday. So technically the trade deadline only ended Monday uh, because the Warriors decided that even though there was some sort of skullduggery, some, I don't know what else to call it except for uh, concealment. I don't want to call it outright lying, but the Warriors are very mad that Gary Payton is damaged and that he might be out a few weeks, maybe months. And... Portland's been playing him significant minutes uh, right before the deadline. So instead of blowing up the entire deal and ruining the day for 15% of the league, Warriors decided to keep Gary Payton the second. So the 14 deal is as follows. Blazers get Kevin Knox from Detroit and five second-round picks. It's a lot. Five second-round picks from Golden State. Warriors get GP2 and two second-round picks from Atlanta. Pistons get James Wiseman from the Warriors. Hawks get Sadiq Bey from the Pistons via Golden State Warriors. Very complicated trade. But what was lost on all of this is that the entire deal centered and hinged around Gary Payton passing his physical. Very Carlos Correa vibes. He did not pass that physical. So then things got crazy. The universe undefeated. Chaos. Anger. Internal investigations launched. All kinds of stuff happening because the way that the Blazers did or did not disclose uh, the Gary Payton injury to the Warriors, who, by the way, had him last year, and he had that core injury with them last year. So the fact that they thought he was all good, kind of strange. Anyway, Peyton's been dealing with that core injury all year and even last year. He had surgery in September of, of 2021. Rumors are that he's been unhappy uh, in Portland. I don't understand why. I can't really get to the bottom of it. He's been injured pretty much most of the year. He's not going to get a ton of minutes. And Portland's not winning games. So 
Maybe that's why. Maybe it's the lack of melanin in the city of Portland. Not sure. Or the lack of sunshine in the city of Portland. But the Warriors medical staff inspected Peyton, and they were very mad that Portland, uh, felt, they felt like they duped him. So then, because the Blazers didn't disclose to the Warriors that he had been given Toradol, which is like an NSID. It's not like a... People don't understand. Toradol is not a steroid. It is a an anti-inflammatory. But there's all this like rigmarole, as my grandma would say, because Aaron Goodwin, Gary Payton's agent, came out and said, no, Gary Payton's not been taking Toradol. No Toradol shots for Gary Payton. Turns out Gary Payton, he's right, did not take any Toradol shots. He took his Toradol through the mouth. So little like sus in terms of him avoiding the question, making it seem like he never took Toradol when he knew that his client had, but we'll keep it moving, right? Turns out Goodwin's technically correct, but also that's shady, right? That's very shady. The trade was on the brink of blowing up. It would have sent all these disgruntled players back home to their original location. Could you imagine James Wiseman after getting shipped out having to go back to the Santa Cruz Warriors? Get out of here. You think Sadiq Bey wants to go back to Detroit? No. You think Gary Payton, after blowing up the franchise, saying how unhappy he was, how they were forcing him to play, hopped up on Toradol, wants to go back to Portland? No shot. So the trade goes down. I have questions. Specifically, why Aaron Goodwin would lie to protect the Blazers. I put my detective hat on. I broke it down. One thing I have to say about Goodwin, he's got to be a team player because Aaron Goodwin... Aaron Gooden also represents Dame Lillard. Dame Lillard, Portland Trailblazer, marquee star, making $60 million a year. So Aaron Goodwin protecting the Blazers and thus Dame. Helping Dame clear a runway or at least not put additional uh, like additional roadblocks up for Dame to try to get some additional players on this whack-ass team. That would be why he would do this. Do not say that Portland is making their players who are injured a play on Tordal. Do not say that you're uh, hiding in- information that is critical to the health and wellness of said players. Players will not like that. Players are already struggled to go to Portland. Aaron Goodwin did what is in his one client's best interest and maybe not the others. I know a little something about that. All four teams involved in this trade have narratives surrounding them this year. All the NBA misfits got together. They shifted around each other's problems like a game of hot potato. Pistons, they solved their Sadiq Bey issue by shipping him out. They were not going to sign him to his rookie extension. He wanted to get paid. Blazers get Matisse Thibel, so they get younger, cheaper, longer. They don't have to deal with Gary Payton, who's been struggling with his core injury, and they didn't know when he was going to be fully healthy. Hawks get Sadiq Bey for reasons that are unknown. I don't understand it. I'm not sure what they want with him. I'm not sure if there's going to be some future move happening in the in forthcoming months after in the offseason. But the last thing that the Hawks need is another guy who just shoots three and doesn't play defense. Golden State ships out their number two overall pick. And that finally means that we can trustfully say James Wiseman was never going to work in Golden State. Never. The big news, though, for the Dubs is that means, like I said, the Wiseman experiment is over. We're going to deal with that more in a later episode. But for now, Joe Lake sending Wiseman packing means it is now win-now mode for Golden State. Wiseman was set to cost the Warriors $131 million in salary and luxury tax the next two years. 
So the question is, why does that matter? Well, the reason it matters is because the Warriors have never been shy of paying additional luxury tax dollars when they thought that was going to help them compete. Remember, they signed Kelly Oubre to a deal. Kelly Oubre, who is horrible, was costing the Golden State Warriors like $67 million in luxury tax and salary combined. So now what does that mean for the Dubs? That means the Dubs are not trying to spend unnecessarily for players who are not going to help them. World champs are no longer going to operate like money is water. Dumping Wiseman was a message that the gravy train is about to end. This roster may, I actually believe this. My prediction is that the Warriors retool, rebuild, completely reshuffle the roster next season. There are players who are marquee guys who are on the Warriors right now who will not be on the Warriors next year. Is that Draymond? Probably. Is that Clay? Probably not. Is that Poole? Maybe. It might be a fire sale to get whatever key pieces that they need in order to get a championship happening now. Is Steve Kerr back next year? Is Bob Myers back next year? All of that, something to monitor. And I have a question for those who are my fellow Dubs fans. If you had the decision to make, and you could only keep either Andrew Wiggins or Jordan Poole, who would it be? Because I don't see both being in the long-term future of the Golden State Warriors. And if it was me, I would choose Andrew Wiggins, despite him being very much on the downturn this year after getting paid. The Warriors have a third of a season left. The earliest they're going to get back, GP2, is right before playoffs, and that is if he doesn't have another setback, which, again, core injuries are really tough. Blazers, I think, are the only team in this four-team trade that came out doing well. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. So there's another class action suit happening uh, concerning NFTs, and it's making its way to the NBA. And it's involving a bunch of celebrities in the NBA, including babyface assassin himself, Steph Curry. And it's probably going to mark the beginning of a whole other set of lawsuits headed towards anyone in the NBA who ever promoted NFTs and or crypto, i.e. Crypto.com Arena, a.k.a. NFTs being your jersey patch, a.k.a. NFT bobblenut head night. If you are involved, you are maybe in the scope lens. Lawsuit, Real and Titcher versus Yuga Labs. This is the new news. Names a bunch of celebrities in this lawsuit, from Jimmy Fallon to Kevin Hart to Serena Williams to our, our very own Steph Curry. And for the first time, peels back the curtain on how all these rich and famous folks got pulled into what is now, very obviously in hindsight, a scam. Very obviously in hindsight, borderline Ponzi scheme. Very borderline made-off vibes. So I'm not uh, someone who ever got into NFTs because I don't buy things I don't understand. 
and I did not understand them. I still don't understand them, but this is what I know about them. And NFT, here we go. You're going to say, well, you're such a millennial. Yes. If you're a millennial too and you're listening to this podcast, we're going to break it down for y'all because the Gen Zs, they probably already have this in their head. NFT or a non-fungible token, that's where you lost me. Can't touch it, can't grab it. Non-fungible token, a type of, a new type of digital asset secured by cryptography. That should tell you everything you know. Shit's shady, right? NFTs can represent anything. Anything. They can represent anything from gold to silver to digital items like music or photos or art, even tweets. You could buy an NFT of someone's tweet and you own that NFT tweet. What the fuck does it? Who cares? We move on. Entered the Bored Ape Yacht Club, which was a real thing. That's not a, those are not a collection of words I just made up. They have imploded spectacularly from a $4 billion valuation to now, as we sit here today, worthless valuation. Worthless. Justin Bieber said he purchased uh, the Bored Ape NFT in January 2021 for $1.31 million, and it is currently worth 69000 Nice. Which is a decreased 95% value. Good thing he's Justin Bieber and he can just make more music. That is rough. The lawsuit states the two things, though, that are worth mentioning, and neither are good for Steph Curry. Number one, it says celebrities like Steph use their status to fool the public. That's not good. To fool the public into investing into bored apes and other NFTs. The fact that it was a scam probably doesn't help at all. Secondly, and probably more damaging, a forensic analysis of the blockchain, also words that I did not make up, shows that these celebrities did not actually use any of their own money but were transferred crypto to make the expensive buys that they were promoting. So they got the stuff for free and they promoted it like they were actually investing in it. According to the investigative report on CNN, hours before Justin Bieber bought an ape for the bought an ape for the equivalent of 1.3 million, Bieber received Ethereum worth another type of crypto worth around 2.5 million in his crypto wallet. The blockchain shows. Is anyone else confused? Shit's crazy. What does this even mean? Curry and other celebrities named in this lawsuit didn't even spend their own money on the NFTs despite saying they were doing so and they were hyping up these types of NFTs like the Bored Apes on social media. I would say, if I had to guess, if I'm Steph Curry, I'd be worried. I'd be a little concerned. We are going to look back on this whole NFT thing and crypto thing as one of the most bizarre potential financial scams in history. All of this reminds me of that saying my grandma used to say, a money, uh, no, a fool and his money <laughs> are soon parted, especially when that fool is being hyped up by a guy like Wardell, Stephen Curry. All right, let's move on.
we got our latest update on uh on Zion. Yeah, folks. It's not good. It's not good. Um so Zion was playing three on three recently and re injured his hamstring, his hammy. And now his return has been further extended. Today it was announced he would miss, quote, several weeks after the All-Star game. He hurt his hamstring against the Sixers on January 2nd, and he's been out ever since. The Pelicans, as we know, have struggled without him. They have fallen in from second in the West to seventh in the West. They are only one game over 500 right now. They are 6-14 and 14 since Zion went down. They have, including a 10-game losing streak, which is very brutal. Zion was very good in the games that he played. 29 games. Made the All-Star team, even in those 20. He must have been so good that even though he played less than half the season, uh, he still made the All-Star team. So that tells you how elite he was playing. I don't know how this gets better for New Orleans at the moment. Dude is too big for his body. Too powerful. Too fat. I said it. I promised I would. But he is. And the Pelicans, to me, are in trouble. We've got CJ McCollum, who's got a thumb injury. That's probably going to require, at some point, surgery. You've got Brandon Ingram coming off of some sort of turf toe. He's been awesome. How long will that last? You've had guys like Herb Jones go down with injuries. B.I., like I said, missed four weeks before coming back. And now Zion is not back for at least four to six weeks more? That puts us at March, early April, right before the playoffs? Then you got to recondition? Let me ask you guys this. Do you think it's going to take Zion a week to recondition? Or do you think it's going to take him a long time? to get in condition to play basketball when he hasn't been playing any basketball. And he's probably just been, who knows? Who knows what he's been doing? I can't speculate. Uh, very promising season might be in danger of getting away. That's all the time that we have for the Heat Check. Check back on Thursday. We're going to give you more episodes. I think we have an, uh, an interview tonight with Kevin Ray, so we'll put that on the feed. He is the play-by-play commenter for the radio for the Phoenix Suns. So we're going to break down all of the Kevin Durant trade with him. Uh, Please follow the heat check as the season heads towards All-Star Weekend in Utah. And crazily enough, they thought they were going to have two All-Stars, the Utah Jazz, for the Utah All-Star Game, and they do not. Download, subscribe, tell all your friends, every single one of them. Follow us on Heat Check on social at this heat check and at Trista Crick on TikTok because the heat check never sleeps even after the trade deadline. We'll see you next time.